Hey everyone, welcome back to Black Clock Audio Tales, week two of Nikolai Gogol. Uh, we are going to have The Cloak. We are going to have Memoirs of a Madman. We're going to have The Nose. We are going to have some other stuff in there. We're going to have, uh, let's see, what's that other one? I got to scan through my notes here. Uh, uh, Inspector General. We're going to break that up throughout the week. So you're going to hear a uh, play of Inspector General throughout the week. And you know what? None of this could be possible without our friends over at bunnyslippers.com. Get yourself some Highland Cow slippers. They are... I'm recording my living room right now. Actually, technically, I think I'm in the kitchen. But I'm on linoleum floors, and my feet are nice and warm. Why? Because I've got some woolly, woolly Highland Cow slippers. And oh man, do they keep my feet warm. And I look cool because I'm wearing my Bad News Bears three-quarter length sleeve because it's kind of chilly in here. You know, not, not cold enough that I need to put a sweater on, but then I've got a three-quarter length sleeve shirt on and a hoodie. Yeah, I've got a hoodie on. I've got a Black Clock Audio Tales hoodie on from our shop over at pgttcm.com. So, you know, found item clothing, Black Clock Audio Tales, pgttcm.com, shop at the places that support us and support us by shopping at our store. If you want to support us, you can go to Facebook, you can go to Twitter, you can go to Instagram, you can go to any place that you find podcasts and rate and review us. Let people know, because honestly, that helps. And you know what? I've had other people pretty much vandalize <laughs> vandalize uh uh, my uh, iTunes because they had problems with me that were totally unrelated to the podcast because I didn't want to review a book or because I uh, like an asshole uh, I'm, I'm sorry a jerk uh, posted some email that was like them trying to be cool and being like how I should have them on my show and it's like that's not what kind of podcast this is I don't just have writers who write fiction and horror come on the show but hey if you know stuff if you look at our schedule and you see something that you want to talk about contact me on facebook or instagram and i'll get you on the show and you know what that's the best way to find us and help out the show by going to paypal.me slash pgttcm here we go with some google all right Act 5 of The Inspector General by Nikolai Gogol Translated by Thomas Seltzer Act 5 Scene Same as in Act 4 Scene 1 Governor Anna Andreevna and Maria Antonovna Well, Anna Andreevna, eh? Did you ever imagine such a thing? Such a rich prize! I'll be... Well, confess frankly... It never occurred to you even in your dreams, did it? From just a simple governor's wife, suddenly, whew, I'll be hanged to marry into the family of such a big gun. Not at all. I knew it long ago. It seems wonderful to you because you are so plain. You never saw decent people. I'm a decent person myself, mother. But really, think, Anna Andreevna, what gay birds we have turned into now, you and I. 
Eh, hey, Anna Andreevna? High flyers, by Jove! Wait now, I'll give those fellows who were so eager to present their petitions and denunciations a peppering. Ho! Oh, who's there? Enter, Sergeant. Is it you, Ivan Kapovich? Call those merchants here, brother, won't you? I'll give it to them, the scoundrels. Do make such complaints against me, the damned pack of Jews. Wait, my dear fellows, I used to dose you down to your ears. Now I'll dose you down to your beards. Make a list of all who came to protest against me, especially the mean petty scribblers who cooked the petitions up for them and announced to all that they should know what honor the heavens have bestowed upon the governor, namely this, that he is marrying his daughter, not to a plain, ordinary man, but to one the like of whom has never yet been in the world, who can do everything, 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 everything! Proclaim it to all so that everybody should know. Shout it aloud to the whole world. Ring the bell, the devil take it. It is a triumph. And we will make it a triumph. The sergeant goes out. So that's the way, Anna Andreevna, eh? What shall we do now? Where shall we live? Here or in St. Pete? In St. Petersburg, of course. How could we remain here? Well, if St. Pete, then St. Pete. But it would be good here, too. I suppose the governorship could then go to the devil, eh, Anna Andreevna? Of course. What's a governorship? Don't you think, Anna Andreevna, I can rise to a high rank now, he being hand-in-glove with all the ministers and visiting the court? In time, I can be promoted to a generalship. What do you think, Anna Andreevna? Can I become a general? I should say so. Of course you can. Oh, the devil take it! It's nice to be a general. They hang a ribbon across your shoulders. What ribbon is better, the red St. Anne or the blue St. Andrew? The blue St. Andrew, of course. What? My, you're aiming high. The red one is good, too. Why does one want to be a general? Because when you go traveling, there are always couriers and aides on ahead with horses and at the stations they refuse to give the horses to others. They all wait, all those counselors, captains, governors, and you don't take the slightest notice of them. You dine somewhere with the governor-general, and the town governor. I'll keep him waiting at the door. He bursts into a roar of laughter, shaking all over. <laughs> That's what's so alluring, confound it! You always say such coarse things. You must remember that our life will have to be completely changed. Your acquaintances will not be a dog lover of a judge with whom you go hunting hares or a Zemlianika. On the contrary, your acquaintances will be people of the most refined type, counts and society aristocrats. Only really, I am afraid of you. You sometimes use words that one never hears in good society. What of it? A word doesn't hurt. It's all right when you are a town governor, but there the life is entirely different. Yes, they say there are two kinds of fish there, the sea eel and the smelt, and before you start to eat them, the saliva flows in your mouth. That's all he thinks about, fish. 
I shall insist upon our house being the first in the capital, and my room having so much amber in it that when you come in, you have to shut your eyes. She shuts her eyes and sniffs. <sighs> oh, how good. Scene two. The same and the merchants. Ah, how do you do, my fine fellows? Merchants, bowing. We, We wish, wish you health, health father. father. Well, my dearly beloved friends, how are you? How are your goods selling? So you complained against me, did you, you tea tanks, you scurvy hucksters? Complain against me? You crooks, you pirates, you. Did you gain a lot by it, eh? Aha! You thought you'd land me in prison. May seven devils and one she-devil take you. Do you know that? Good heavens, Antosha, what words you use. Governor, irritated. Oh, it isn't a matter of words now. Do you know that the very official to whom you complained is going to marry my daughter? Well, what do you say to that? Now I'll make you smart. You cheat the people, you make a contract with the government, and you do the government out of a hundred thousand, supplying it with rotten cloth. And when you give fifteen yards away gratis, you expect a reward besides. If they do, they would send you to... And you strut around sticking out your paunches with great air of importance. I'm a merchant, don't touch me. We, you say, are as good as the nobility. Yes, the nobility, you monkey faces. The nobleman is educated. If he gets flogged in school, it is for a purpose, to learn something useful. And you start out in life learning trickery. Your master beats you for not being able to cheat. When you are still little boys and don't know the Lord's Prayer, you already give short measure and short weight. And when your bellies swell and your pockets fill up, then you assume an air of importance. Phew! What marvels! Because you guzzle sixteen samovars full a day, that's why you put on an air of importance. I spit on your heads and on your importance. Merchants, bowing. We, We are, are guilty, guilty Anton Antonovich. Complaining, eh? And who helped you with that crafting when you built a bridge and charged twenty thousand for wood when there wasn't even a hundred rubles worth used? I did. You goat beards, have you forgotten? If I had informed on you, I could have dispatched you to Siberia. What do you say to that? I am guilty before God, Anton Antonovich. The evil spirit tempted me. We will never complain against you again. Ask whatever satisfaction you want. Only don't be angry. Don't be angry. Now you are crawling at my feet. Why? Because I am on top now. And if the balance tipped at least a bit your way, then you would trample me in the very dirt, you scoundrels. And you would crush me under a beam besides. Merchants, prostrating themselves. Don't, Don't ruin us, Antonovich. Don't ruin us? Now you say, don't ruin us? And what did you say before? I could give you... Shrugging his shoulders and throwing up his hands. Well... God forgive you. Enough. I don't harbor malice for long. Only look out now. Be on your guard. My daughter is going to marry. Not an ordinary nobleman. 
Let your congratulations be. You understand? Don't try to get away with a dried sturgeon or a loaf of sugar. Well, leave now, in God's name. Merchants leave. Scene three. The same. Amos Fyodorovich, Artemy Filipovich, then Rastakorsky. Amos, in the doorway. Are we to believe the report, Anton Antonovich? A most extraordinary piece of good fortune has befallen you, hasn't it? I have the honor to congratulate you on your unusual good fortune. I was glad from the bottom of my heart when I heard it. Kisses Anna's hand. Anna Andreevna. Kissing Maria's hand. Maria Antonovna. Rastakovsky enters. I congratulate you, Anton Antonovich. May God give you and the new couple long life, and may he grant you numerous progeny, grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Anna Andreevna. Kissing her hand. Maria Antonovna. Kissing her hand. Scene 4. The same. Korobkin and his wife. Lulukov. I have the honour to congratulate you, Anton Antonovich, and you, Anna Andreevna. Kissing her hand. And you, Maria Antonovna. Kissing her hand. I congratulate you from the bottom of my heart, Anna Andreevna, on your new stroke of good fortune. I have the honour to congratulate you, Anna Andreevna. Kisses her hand and turns to the audience, smacks his lips, putting on a bold front. Maria Antonovna, I have the honour to congratulate you. Kisses her hand and turns to the audience in the same way. Scene 5. A number of guests enter. They kiss Anna's hand, saying, Anna Andreevna. Then Maria's hand, saying, Maria Antonovna. Bobchinsky and Dobchinsky enter, jostling each other. I have the honour to congratulate you. Anton Antonovich, I have the honour to congratulate you. On the happy event. Anna Andreevna. Anna Andreevna. They bend over her hand at the same time and bump foreheads. <laughs> Maria Antonovna. Kisses her hand. I have the honour to congratulate you. You will enjoy the greatest happiness. You will wear garments of gold and eat the most delicate soups. And you will pass your time most entertaining. Bobchinsky, breaking in. God give you all sorts of riches and of money and a wee tiny little son like this. Shows the size with his hands so that he can sit on the palm of your hand. The little fellow will be crying all the time. Wow, wow, wow. Scene six. More guests enter and kiss the lady's hands. Among them, Luka Lukic and his wife. I have the honor. Luka's wife, running ahead. Congratulate you, Anna Andreevna. They kiss. 
Really, I was so glad to hear of it. They tell me Anna Andreev has betrothed her daughter. Oh my god, I think to myself, it made me so glad that I said to my husband, Listen, Lukanchik, that's a great piece of fortune for Anna Andreevna. Well, I think to myself, thank god, and I say to him, I'm so delighted that I'm consumed with impatience to tell it to Anna Andreevna herself. Oh my god, I think to myself, it's just as Anna Andreevna expected. She always did expect a good match for her daughter. And now what luck! It happened just exactly as she wanted it to happen. Really, it made me so glad I couldn't say a word. I cried and cried. I simply screamed, so that Luka Lukic said to me, What are you crying for, Nastenka? Lukanchik, I said, I don't know myself. The tears just keep flowing like a stream. Please sit down, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Mishka, bring some more chairs in. The guests seat themselves. Scene 7. The same, the police captain and sergeants. I have the honor to congratulate you, your honor, and to wish you long years of prosperity. Thank you, thank you. Please sit down, gentlemen. The guests seat themselves. But please tell us, Anton Antonovich, how did it all come about, and uh, how did it all uh, <clears throat> go? It went in a most extraordinary way. He condescended to make the proposal in his own person. In the most respectful and delicate manner, he spoke beautifully. He said, Anna Anlevna, I have only a feeling of respect for your worth. And such a handsome, cultured man. His manners so genteel. Believe me, Anna Andreevna, he says, life is not worth a penny to me. It is only because I respect your rare qualities. Oh, Mama, it was to me he said that. Shut up, you don't know anything. And don't meddle in other people's affairs. Anna Andreevna, he says... I am enraptured. That was the flattering way he poured out his soul. And when I was going to say, we cannot possibly hope for such an honor, he suddenly went down on his knees, and so aristocratically. Anna Andreevna, he says, don't make me the most miserable of men. Consent to respond to my feelings, or else I'll put an end to my life. Really, Mama, it was to me he said that. Yes, of course. To you, too. I don't deny it. He even frightened us. He said he would put a bullet through his brains. I'll shoot myself. I'll shoot myself, he said. Well, for the Lord's sake. How remarkable. It must have been fate that so ordained. Not fate, my dear friend. Fate is a turkey hen. It was the governor's services that brought him this piece of fortune. Aside. Good luck always does crawl into the mouth of swine like him. If you like, Anton Antonovich, I'll sell you the dog we were bargaining about. I don't care about dogs now. Well, if you don't want it, then we'll agree on some other dog. Oh, Anna Andreevna, how happy I am over your good fortune. You can't imagine how happy I am. But where, may I ask, is the distinguished guest now? I heard he had gone away for some reason or other. 
Yes, he's gone off for a day on a highly important matter. To his uncle, to ask his blessing. To ask his blessing. But tomorrow... He sneezes, and all burst into one exclamation of well-wishes. Thank you very much. But tomorrow he'll be back. He sneezes and is congratulated again. Above the other voices are heard those of the following. I wish you your health. A hundred your years honor. and a Go sack of ducats. The devil take you. I'm very much obliged to you. I wish you the same. We intend to live in St. Petersburg now. I must say the atmosphere here is too village-like. I must say it's extremely unpleasant. My husband, too. He'll be made a general there. Yes, confounded gentlemen. I admit I should very much like to be a general. May God grant that you get a generalship. From men, it is impossible. But from God, everything is possible. High merits, high honors. Reward according to service. Amos, aside. The things he'll do when he becomes a general. A generalship suits him as a saddle does a cow. It's a far cry to his generalship. There are better men than you, and they haven't been made generals yet. Artimi, aside. The devil take it. He's aiming for a generalship. Well, maybe he will become a general after all. He's got the air of importance, the devil take him. Addressing the governor. Don't forget us then, Anton Antonovich. And if anything happens, for instance, some difficulty in our affairs, don't refuse us your protection. Next year I am going to take my son to the capital to put him in government service. So, do me the kindness to give me your protection. Be a father to the orphan. I am ready for my part, ready to exert my efforts on your behalf. Antosha, you are always ready with your promises. In the first place, you won't have time to think of such things. And how can you, how is it possible for you to burden yourself with such promises? Why not, my dear? It's possible occasionally. Of course it's possible. But you can't give protection to every small potato. Do you hear the way she speaks of us? She's always been that way. I know her. Seat her at table and she'll put her feet on it. Scene 8. The same and the postmaster, who rushes in with an unsealed letter in his hand. A most astonishing thing, ladies and gentlemen. The official whom we took to be an inspector general is not an inspector general. How so? Not, not an, an inspector, inspector general. general? No, not a bit of it. I found it out from the letter. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What letter? His own letter. They bring a letter to the post office. I glance at the address, and I see Porktomitskaya Street. I was struck dumb. Well, I think to myself, 
I suppose he found something wrong in the post office department and is informing the government. So I unsealed it. How could you? I don't know myself. A supernatural power moved me. I had already summoned a courier to send it off by express, but I was overcome by a greater curiosity than ever I have felt in my life. I can't. I can't. I hear a voice telling me, I can't. But it pulled me and pulled me. In one ear, I heard, "Don't open the letter. You will die like a chicken." And in the other ear, it was just as if the devil was whispering, "Open it. Open it." And when I cracked the sealing wax, I felt as if I were on fire. And when I opened the letter. I froze upon my word. I froze, and my hands trembled, and everything whirled about me. But how did you dare to open it? The letter of so powerful a personage. But that's just the point. He's neither powerful nor a personage. Then what is he, in your opinion? He's neither one thing nor another. The devil knows what he is. Governor, furiously, how neither one thing nor another? How do you dare to call him neither one thing nor another? And the devil knows what besides. I'll put you under arrest. Who you? Yes, I. You haven't the power. Do you know that he's going to marry my daughter? That I myself am going to be a high official and will have the power to exile to Siberia? Oh, Anton Antonovich, Siberia, Siberia is far away. I'd rather read the letter to you, ladies and gentlemen. Permit me to read the letter. Do read it. Postmaster reads. I hasten to inform you, my dear friend, what wonderful things have happened to me. On the way here, an infantry captain did me out of my last penny, so that the innkeeper here wanted to send me to jail. When suddenly, thanks to my Saint Petersburg appearance and dress, the whole town took me for a governor general. Now I am staying at the governor's home. I am having a grand time, and I am flirting desperately with his wife and daughter. I only haven't decided whom to begin with. I think with the mother first, because she seems ready to accept all terms. You remember how hard up we were, taking our meals wherever we could without paying for them, and how once the pastry cook grabbed me by the collar for having charged pies that I ate to the King of England. Now it is quite different. They lend me all the money I want. They are an awful lot of originals. You would split your sides laughing at them. I know you write for the papers. Put them in your literature. In the first place, the governor is as stupid as an old horse. Impossible. That can't be in the letter. Postmaster, showing the letter. Read it for yourself. Governor, reads. As an old horse, impossible. You put it in yourself. How could I? Go on reading. Go on reading. Postmaster 
continuing to read. The governor is as stupid as an old horse. Oh, the devil. He's got to read it again. As if it weren't there anyway. Postmaster, continuing to read. Hmm, hmm, an old horse. The postmaster is a good man, too. Stops reading. Well, here he says something improper about me, too. Go on. Read the rest. What for? The deuce take it. Once we have begun to read it, we must read it all. If you will allow me, I will read it. Puts on his eyeglasses and reads. The postmaster is just like the porter Mikiev in our office, and the scoundrel must drink just as hard. Postmaster, to the audience. A bad boy. He ought to be given a licking, that's all. Artimi continues to read. The superintendent of Cherry... Stammers. Why did you stop? The handwriting isn't clear. Besides, it's evident that he's a blackguard. Give it to me. I believe my eyesight is better. Artimi, refusing to give up the letter. No, this part can be omitted. After that, it's legible. Let me have it, please. I'll see for myself. I can read it myself. I tell you that after this part, it's all legible. No, read it all. Everything so far could be read. Give him the letter, Give it to him. To Korobkin. You read it. Very well. Gives up the letter. Here it is. Covers a part of it with his finger. Read from here on. All press him. Read it all. Nonsense. Read it all. Korobkin. Reading. The superintendent of charities, Zimlinika, is a regular pig in a cap. Artimi, to the audience. Not a bit witty. A pig in a cap. Have you ever seen a pig wear a cap? Korobkin continues reading. The school inspector reeks of onions. Luca, to the audience. Upon my word, I never put an onion to my mouth. Amos, aside. Oh, thank God there's nothing about me in it. Korobkin, continues reading. The judge. There! Aloud. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think the letter is far too long. Uh, to the devil with it! Why should we go on reading such trash? No. No, go on. Go on reading. The judge, Lyapkin Tyapkin, is extremely mauvais ton. He stops. That must be a French word. The devil knows what it means. It wouldn't be so bad if all it means is cheat, but it may mean something worse. Korobkin continues reading. However, the people are hospitable and kind-hearted. Farewell, my dear Triapishkin. I want to follow your example and take up literature. It's tiresome to live this way, old boy. One wants food for the mind, after all. I see I must engage in something lofty. Address me, village of Podkatilovka, in the government of Saratov. Turns the letter and reads the address. 
Mr. Ivan Vasilievich Triepishkin, St. Petersburg, Poshtanskaya Street, House Number 97, Courtyard, Third Floor, Right. What an unexpected rebuke! He has cut my throat and cut it for good. I'm done for, completely done for. I see nothing. All I see are pig's snouts instead of faces, and nothing more. Catch him! Catch him! Waves his hand. Catch him? How? Is it on purpose? I told the overseer to give him the best coach in three. The devil prompted me to give the order. He is a pretty mess. Uh, confound it, he borrowed 300 rubles from me. He borrowed 300 from me too. Postmaster, sighing. And from me too. And 65 from me and Pyotr Ivanovich. Amos, throwing up his hands in perplexity. How's that, gentlemen? Really, how could we have been so off our guard? Governor, beating his forehead. How could I? How could I, old fool? I've grown childish, stupid mule. I have been in the service thirty years. Not one merchant, not one contractor has been able to impose on me. I have overreached one swindler after another. I have caught crooks and choppers that were ready to rob the whole world. I have fooled three governor generals. As for governor generals... With a wave of his hand. It is not even worth talking about them. But how is it possible, Antosha? He's engaged to Mashenka. Governor, in a rage. Engaged? Rats! Fiddlesticks! So much for your engagement! Thrust your engagement at me now! In a frenzy. Here, look at me. Look at me. The whole world. The whole of Christendom. See what a fool the governor was made of. Out upon him, the fool, the old scoundrel. Shakes his fist at himself. Oh, you fat nose, to take an icicle, a rag, for a personage of rank. Now his coach bells are jingling all along the road. He is publishing the story to the whole world. Not only will you be made a laughingstock of, but some scribbler, some ink splasher will put you into a comedy. There's the horrible sting. He won't spare either rank or station, and everyone will grin and clap his hands. What are you laughing at? You are laughing at yourself. Oh, you. Stamps his feet. I would give it to all those ink splashes. You scribblers, damned liberals, devil the brood. I would tie you all up in a bundle. I would grind you into meal and give it to the devil. Shakes his fist and stamps his heel on the floor. After a brief silence. I can't come to myself. It's really true. Whom the gods want to punish, they first make mad. In what did that nincompoop resemble an inspector general? In nothing. Not even half the little finger of an inspector general. And all of a sudden, everyone is going about saying, Inspector General, Inspector General. Who was first to say it? Tell me. Ah, uh, Timmy, throwing up his hands. I couldn't tell how it happened if I had to die for it. It is just as if a mist had clouded our brains. The devil has confounded us. Who was the first to say it? These two here, this noble pair. Pointing to Dobchinsky and Bobchinsky. So help me God, not I. I didn't even think of it. I didn't say a thing. Not a thing. Of course you did. Certainly. 
You came running here from the inn like madmen. He's come, he's come, he doesn't pay. Found a rare bird. Of course it was you, town gossips, damned liars. The devil take you with your inspector general and your tattle. You run about the city, bother everybody, confounded chatterboxes. You spread gossip, you short-tailed magpies, you. Damned bunglers. Simpletons. Pot-bellied mushrooms. All crowd around them. Upon my word, it wasn't I. It was Pyotr Ivanovich. No! Pyotr Ivanovich, you were the first! No, no, you were the first. Last scene. The same, and a gendarme. An official from St. Petersburg sent by Imperial Order has arrived and wants to see you all at once. He is stopping at the inn. All are struck as by a thunderbolt. A cry of amazement bursts from the ladies simultaneously. The whole group suddenly shifts positions and remains standing as if petrified. Silent scene. The governor stands in the centre, rigid as a post, with outstretched hands and head thrown backward. On his right are his wife and daughter straining toward him. Back of them the postmaster turned toward the audience, metamorphosed into a question mark. Next to him, at the edge of the group, three lady guests leaning on each other, with the most satirical expression on their faces, directed straight at the governor's family. To the left of the governor is Zimlinika, his head to one side as if listening. Behind him is the judge, with outspread hands, almost crouching on the ground, and pursing his lips as if to whistle or say, a nice pickle we're in. Next to him is Korobkin, turned toward the audience, with eyes screwed up and making a venomous gesture at the governor. Next to him, at the edge of the group, Abdobchinsky and Bobchinsky, gesticulating at each other, open-mouthed and wide-eyed. The other guests remain standing stiff. The whole group retain the same position of rigidity for almost a minute and a half. The curtain falls. The end. End of Act 5. End of the Inspector General by Nikolai Gogol. Translated by Thomas Seltzer.